Hello and welcome once again to Wandering Monster, where we don't playtest games, no, we award them! My name is John <laughs> Baldisberger. I am Charles R. Bernard. Ian Servas. Mr. Paschke. Friends, gentlemen, uh, ladies, theys, thems, anything else I'm forgetting, right now you're probably saying one of two things. Maybe you're saying an award? How insane! I just zoomed in and I had no idea this was about to happen. How exciting! Or else you're saying, Yes, John, I know you sack of shit. You emailed me and told me. Whatever the case may be, um, we're really excited to be here. Um, it is not an exaggeration to tell you that the four of us have been busting our asses for the last 48 hours to put um this together and by the four of us what i really mean is the four of us like oftentimes when i say we've worked hard on this what i really mean is like ian planned the game charles uh did a bunch of promotion and patchy put together a pretty slideshow while i like drank a mai tai on the beach um but no like we all worked really hard um and this wasn't easy my friends it also um, wasn't planned all that long ago <laughs> well, um, it's it's something that we we've kind of discussed but we wanted to really make sure that we really honor the games that people share with us if there's always a frightening thing with giving your intellectual property to a bunch of strangers you probably haven't met before and say run this and please don't say horrible things online or disrepresent my ip and uh you know trust all that and so we want to acknowledge that brand of trust and also for us to share our appreciation for everyone's time and effort if but you're a content creator there's a lot of work that goes into making there, there, a game all of us here have done work on ips we've all worked on Mm -hmm. on various projects mm -hmm. we know the blood sweat and tears i'm like i'm a publisher i all i do all day is work with authors and artists and creators and and i know man i keep looking at my little square and ian and i look like we're about to like commentate on a football game and i fucking hate it this is, this is here comes the ah, sports there it goes now at least i look like an alcoholic uh, now at least i look like an alcoholic uh pi um or, or an but, alcoholic salesman you know either way well that that's a little too close to home mr mr bernard <laughs> i mean should I, am i supposed to start stripping yes i thought this so, was supposed to be after the golden tentacle award so listen oh, no. we'll so listen, listen. We've played a lot of games this year. Oh, we've played over 40 games. 41. That's over 41. 40. Don't, it is. Don't, hey, hey, over 40 games this Individual year alone. role-playing games. That's one per week that we've done this show and not fucked up and had to skip a week or what have you. We've only skipped yeah. one. Right, and we didn't start at the beginning of this year, so next year it's going to be 52 goddamn mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. So... Anyway, 40 games, and we took every single game we played, and we broke them into what kind of category we thought best represented the best aspects of those games. And then we argued for about two, two, two and a half hours, uh, yeah. and we got it down to... Um, I'm, whole, I'm wearing a whole suit to like hide all the bruises, because John, man, his... Your cross I drove. is just... Ugh. 
I drove to Indiana just to to shank Ian <laughs> over the Christmas holiday. I, st- I still I still owe Mr. Bucky money for doing that. Um, no, Christmas holiday, and you could have made it Shanksgiving. It was, it was right there in front of you. Thanksgiving. I didn't know I was pissed yet. If I had known. <laughs> My is... anger knows no time limits, no mm. beginning, no ending. I'm the alpha omega of rage. Five-dimensional um, anger, yeah. So, so we have a bunch of categories. We have a bunch of awards to give tonight, a bunch of people to recognize uh, to kind of give you an idea of how this is going to go, we will uh, introduce a category. We'll talk a little bit about what that category is. We'll then talk about the nominees. Um, we will give out the award. We'll talk about people who were kind of really close to being nominees because we're really strict and it was kind of painful. Um, and at the end, we will send out these graphics um, with your award if you were one of the winners and you can. Slap that on your product, slap it on your website, shout it to the moon, uh, get it tattooed on your body, whatever have you. Um, and I think that's uh, I think that's all I have for us as I mean, far I as lead for, I am willing, if we are all willing, putting everyone on the spot, a four-way split. If someone wants to get this tattooed on their body, I will split the cost of making sure that it makes it way onto your flesh. If... Uh, if you want to get a Wandering Monster or a Wandy Award tattoo, uh, I will. I will split that cost with yep. Ian. We'll make. We'll make this happen. It's There's a guaranteed graphic. way to win. There's one graphic that Mr. Paschke made tonight. A very special graphic that we'll get to. That I. That I honestly think that I will be getting tattooed. We'll on talk my body. about that when we get to it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get started. I'm yeah. so we have a lot to cover. So um, let's just get into it. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is um, these games. They might be in other categories. They uh, they were really fun, but these are our personal staff picks. These are the games that, for us personally, despite no matter what else happens with the rest of the night with the nominees and winners, these are the games that we personally wanted to reach out and kind of recognize as being stupendous for for whatever reason. Um, so, uh, in the tradition of introducing their character first, Mr. Bernard, would you tell us about your staff pick? Oh, gladly, gladly, my friend. So I actually, uh, have my pick to hand because I needed to bludgeon someone to death. There it is. Okay. Um, my pick tonight, I would call it a little book, but it's not, is a project called, uh, the Apollo 47 technical handbook by a game designer and assistant professor of game design at, I forget the name of the university, uh, Tim Hutchings. And he's best known for his journaling game, Thousand Year Old Vampire, which is also very good. But this magnificent son of a bitch is this thick. (laughs) Wow. Massive. You can hear that. That's beautiful. This is the single biggest book that I own, and I own the collected writings of uh, Heaven's Gate, and those are some talky motherfuckers. So uh, the fun thing about this is that it is essentially like a double-sided page of rules, um, about 20 pages of kind of fleshing out the rules, and then that much flavor text that's just like how you work your way through the manual is sort of the game mechanic. There are no dice. 
uh, you know, there's no board. Um, it is just, and, and what I love about this in particular is, uh, something about the old school revolution and about, uh, tabletop games in general that I really love is the, the physicality of a lot of it. You know, the idea of having an artifact, uh, be part of the art, I think is fun. And while it's great that PDFs are available and, uh, you know, Lord love a duck. I have plenty of games on, on in PDF form, mm -hmm. um, but there are a few that I treasure and just want to own uh, a physical copy of. And Tim Hutchings' Apollo 47 Technical Handbook is one that if you uh, can afford the shipping, which I think since they said it freighted, it actually wasn't that much or it's something like freighted. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It was like it got here relatively quickly. And I think when you get above a certain weight, it like it's cheaper. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but at any rate, yeah, you can you can get that on on itch or any number of places. So check it I, out. I'd have to get that going through a manual as a game sounds awesome. Oh, I mean, it's, as it's, a yeah. GM, just looking at that and saying, yeah. run a shot. I'm like, oh, and, buddy. And so much of it is amazing, like blow up diagrams of like lunar rovers and like procedural uh trees for like if there's a fire inside the station or what have you it's like it's it's really fun yeah excellent uh as is our one mr patchkey why don't you tell us about your uh staff pick all right my staff pick is uh, Codex Martialis, which was a game that we played and I thoroughly enjoyed. And I think, uh, as someone who likes to do the sword fighting, the way that they have the game mechanics set up in that and the way you are able to make decisions in the game is the closest I think I've ever had in an actual tabletop RPG to like coming to when you're actually standing there hitting someone with a sword. So I gotta, I, I gotta, I love it. It, I would like to play more of it someday with some people. Hopefully, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get someone interested. I think maybe. it says something that the the guy who does like Historical, sword fighting as yeah. a as a sport and hobby, uh, like loves this sword fighting yeah. game. And I enjoyed kissing a man as I disemboweled <laughs> him. So, you know, yeah, it, it that was, was fun. It was interesting because the game was built on that 3, 3.5 D&D chassis, and it really provided a lot of combat maneuvers and crunch in a way that wasn't boggy, but definitely it was helpful if if all the players at the table would be really well-versed with that, A, the historical literature, and then B, the rules themselves, because it's very technical in a very fun way. And so, Pashki's uh, at... Pashki, it took me a minute, but I thought of this one. And even if you don't know your dirk from your longsword. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, Again with the dirk jokes. <laughs> There's lots of dirk. Um, Always sending those dirk pics. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, we kind of steamrolled over Ian tonight because mm -hmm. uh, he's generally giving us the lowdown on the game. And he didn't have to do that tonight, so he got a little bit of a break, but no longer. Ian, your staff pick. You, it was very hard being the person that ran a majority of the games. You're intimately involved in all the guts of everything, and there is so much appreciation. There are like so many games that I would love to just have shout-outs for, um, but I'm trying to resist that urge. I really enjoyed a lot of the games for things that you could use in other settings like random tables and so a uh, very hard choice but as 
Charles was mentioning, there is something about in the digital age, despite me loving PDFs more than print these days, having an actual risograph printed material. Uh, so Pontus Bjorlin sent me lovingly from Sweden copies of his game, and he intentionally doesn't sell PDFs because he wants people to have that tactile experience. And there's something this amazing with it, that the weight and the, the texture of the paper actually is seeing ink that is rolled onto your product oh, gives you a different experience. Um, so the alt NYC 88 franchise, for lack of better words, is, I would do as a staff pick. Moreover, because this actually just arrived from me yesterday and how this became on my radar is the second uh, installment in the Dr. Zeke's garment story, which is Dear Mr. Tank Cop. So this was kickstarted earlier in the year, and this is by Pontus and his writing group, Hornhand. But what's fun about this is that it is a fold-out map, and it's extremely (laughs) well-designed in that this thing would fill out the entire camera screen that I have. It's printed with text that's upside down, so then it can be player-facing, so the GM can read it. And then, on top of that, the players are given color-filtering <laughs> glasses, so they can't read the GM text. So everyone is sitting around their table with their glasses while the GM is literally reading off the room text and where they are and handling each encounter room Amazing. by room. Amazing. Which that is... is that is a very worthy contender. And I want to point out that... Um, Earlier, to, when Ian says this was a difficult choice, uh, Ian, like midway through the day, Ian was like, hey, what if I had five staff uh, choices? <laughs> and I burst through his wall like the Kool-Aid maiden yeah. man and beat, oh, no, the Kool-Aid maiden, a little French maid outfit and just beat his ass. Yeah. Again, very but yeah. as far as one of the things I think is really important is the intention of a game. And there are a lot of games that have great flavor and con- and and mechanics, but don't hit that intention that they want. So the fact that these games are trying to invoke that 80s sense, the childhood nostalgia of the 80s with being uh, throwbacks to comic books, etc., having your comic, these aren't 3D glasses, but... A lot of us grew up with comics or movies that had the 3D glasses. So you have a tactile experience for everyone at a game that is intentionally in line with the design. I mean, I think that needs just recognition right there. So absolutely, that's my set pick. The uh, NYC 88, that's available on Etsy. Uh, So look up Fantastic Fiction and check this out and get it in the actual physical meat space. Oh, I'm so, ordering that as soon as we're done here. That's, that's, that's really cool. That's a so must-have. My staff pick is a little weird. Um, You're a little weird. Because if you know anything about me, I don't read PDFs. Yeah, uh, I have like a terabyte of, of TTRPG PDFs, and I don't read them because reading PDFs gives me a headache. However, um, which has I led caught... to your feature of John's physical copy only reading corner, which I like quite a bit as a as Give a thing. Actually. I'll yeah, John... yeah. So I'll, we'll go over that. I'll go over that yeah. in a little bit at the end okay. of the show because you know we have a lot of announcements after the awards that I think are going to be pretty big news to the creative community. Um, so my pick is a game that I was given early access to as kind of a proofreader um, first pair of eyes. And then we got to play it. I've purchased a signed copy, but the book isn't out yet. And that game is Hell Knight by Gabriel Kuroga. Um, Gabriel's a great guy. We've talked a lot. We've, we've, 
we do the thing where we slam back a few shots of tequila and then start like, now let's work on this together. Um, <laughs> which we haven't worked on shit together other than me <laughs> taking a look at his amazing game. Hell Knight is if uh, you wanted to run the Nick Cage movie Mandy using Morkborg. Oh, that's awesome. You, you, no Ghost Rider reference? Uh, I, you know what? I wanted to choose a good movie, actually. I haven't <laughs> seen Ghost Rider, so I, I'm right there with Mandy. You know, the, so, uh, the second Ghost Rider movie? Not entirely terrible. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, Moonlight right. is just this assault on your senses to mm -hmm. read. It's, it's a chaotic, beautiful mess where... And... Uh, and I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. I like games that take everything to an absurd level. Everything's cranked to 11. Everything is just batshit insane. Uh, so my staff pick of the night goes to uh, Hell Knight. Absolutely, 100%. And and as a yes and on that, uh, also working with Gabrielle as well, hearing the early version of his track, there's a theme song for Hell yep. Knight. Yes, there is. is. He said that to me. It's a very lot good. Of fun, the, the hair metal aspect of it. Yes. Um, <laughs> cool. it, it is glorious if you haven't checked it out. He posted um, and, on uh, he posted online the other day that he was at band practice and it was him and his friends sitting around playing Hell Knight. <laughs> and so, it's such a... It's also uh, a living tribute to his uncle who also taught him how to make a lot of that design, that art. And so mm -hmm. to me, it's really cool reading that because um, his uncle had passed. And so you have this physical tribute to a man. You can see all the love that's poured in this book because each layout, each page is painstakingly made with such intention to detail. It's truly a wonderful game and a work of art and it'll make your eyes bleed in a good it, way it will it will i had to add so, that in there thank you for letting me run over time so thank you so much to all of our staff picks um you'll be getting the coveted opal tentacle uh, <laughs> uh also known as the tie-dye can... tentacle yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they can really, that's my shit. favorite of the colors so uh our first category of the night is a personal one you see we somehow some way did not win in any this year. I don't know how that happened. Don't there's no <laughs> rational explanation. So we decided, fuck it and fuck you. We're going to give ourselves an award. The first category of the night is the best wandering monster catchphrase. <laughs> the uh the nominees are it's for your health. <laughs> Mr. Patsky, give us our second one. Our second one uh, is uh, get it, <laughs> get it. And Bernard, if you'll give us our last, would that be uh, loose and bossy Cox? It would yeah. be. <laughs> it, if if I may, for people who have missed those episodes, a quick rundown of where to find yeah. these and why they have persistent longevity. Um, for your health was for our first actual game that we really ran, besides our kind of our pilot, Yigdera. Exactly. Um, uh, by Cable Animal King, and who also has a Kickstarter right now in Korg. Check it out. It's just $6 getting it. Um, but that was a Ravioli Supreme, his first appearance convincing someone that calcium is very valuable to have in your diet. Um, the <laughs> get it to you about your calcium, it's for your health. health. So. <laughs> that was a great, that was a great moment. 
Uh, and that was also where I first learned about how I can never predict what you're going to do as a character, John. <laughs> Second of all, the get it comes from CU Space Cowboy, which was the catchphrase or slogan for a series of corporate convenient marts. So every time you'd enter into a building, you would hear the corporate slogan of get, get it. it. This was a brilliant moment because it was the four of us, well, the three of us, like, panicked trying to improv and world build around Ian's play. Like, he was like, oh, well, so, what's, so what's their slogan? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Get it. But, but, so listen to the episode. I will never forget. Who was it that popped off Squid playing a xylophone? Is there, uh, that was you? That oh, was, that was Patchkey. I don't know. I don't no, remember. All, okay, that episode is Patchkey's gold. Yeah. Because there's a monologue in which he tears down the emotional worth of a poor old woman working oh, at yeah. the Get It Mart. <laughs> and it's like, bad, I go back and listen and cry laughing it's every so, time. It's so it's so it's a shame that we had some technical audios because we've upgraded our equipment since then because that was yeah. one of I think at least one of my favorite episodes because oh, it was so of good how organic everything was oh. and I think it was where we also really gelled with improv and since that yeah. We have leaned more into improv progressively more and more because uh, these fine gentlemans are so good at it. So, and then Loose Boxy Cox comes from the Aberrant Six uh, by mm-hmm. Seen Hansen. And that was, um, I was the editor on that project and I was helping with localization because uh, American English, English is already a bastard weird language. Yeah. American English is just off the rails. Yeah. And, I was trying to say, hey, maybe the word cock may be a comical <laughs> word to some of our American audience. Maybe Especially those who are extremely juvenile, and, like me. And, you know, he insisted, keep loose and bossy cock as far as a literal rooster running around a, a, a yard. And it just became something that just... <laughs> Bernard, yeah. you you just saying this like, come on, you loose and bossy cocks. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I like stuck. to I like to call these guys loose and bossy cocks now. It's, I had it's one of those fun. moments with Gabrielle where I was like, hey, this this phrase it doesn't mean what you think it means. Yeah, which is why, like you know, it, it, localization and translation is so important. I mean, it's the rare person who you know, like Vladimir uh, Nabokov or whoever can you know fully translate their own work into like multiple languages. Mm-hmm. Even those of us who are like I say us, those of you who are, who speak a second language, it always helps to you know get a little bit of flavor. And That's... nothing against Abhorrent Sex, great game. Yeah. We had a blast playing it. Um, I, yeah. I am just a child and have been saying that to these guys ever since. I just I love localization uh, just because it is a fun. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to explain people. American English is a is a goblin, and this <laughs> is you're an innocent phrase, and what it means a horrible, inappropriate slang thing in another language. I just I love it because it's just unpredictable. Yeah. So um, I will say next year we'll have some categories that viewers get to vote on, such as best catchphrase of the year we'll have it on the website or something so you can you get to have an opinion but for now Mm -hmm. we're giving this to ourselves and the winner of the wanmon best catchphrase is get Get it it. Mm -hmm. yep yep we found Um, many a place to cram that one in where it didn't belong um and and it's been fun yeah so So, uh, congratulations to wandering monster um (laughs) thanks guys you're amazing uh 
and with that, we're going to, we're going to move into the meat of uh, this episode. For your health, um, we're going to start with uh, this was a weird category um, because when we first put these together, we had them we put them by um, system, so it was like best troika, best OSE, best Morkborg. And we realized like most of those had two games mm -hmm. uh, and it just kind of didn't make sense. And we had all these different categories. It was very loose. Um, and so we decided to kind of change that up. However, we played like 12 Morkboard games. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Fun. So we decided to keep uh, a category for best Morkborg. And the nominees are Pork in the Void. The cross stitch and Orc Borg. Orc Borg. <laughs> Orc Borg. <laughs> so, um, the so two of these <laughs> two of these Borg Borg games are set in space with um pigmen. Uh, let's mm -hmm. talk about that. Um, uh, uh, Charles, I think you are one of the lead proponents for nominating Pork in the Void. You want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, Dongle Teeth <clears throat> was my reason for that. Um, I loved the uh, sort of like uh, no, I'm, I think that was uh, was that Pork in the Void or was that Orc Borg? I don't remember. Yeah, it was Orc Borg that actually I I suggested. Oh, and sorry. It, no, no, no problem. And the reason for that was like it was like I've only um I'm I'm a recent convert to 40k like last three four years of really getting into it and like the orcs were kind of the last thing that I l learned to appreciate and I've only just learned to like really get a kick out of them and that is such a fun setting where like your guts are made out of a washing machine and like your neck's an old accordion hose from a radiator and like it was uh kind of junk sci-fi uh I guess would be the term for it that I really enjoyed I will say Pork in the Void, uh, two things come to mind immediately. The way it was set up so that it was completely randomly generated is mm -hmm. something I really love as both a player and a designer. Um, the second thing I'll say about that is it has my best voice work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the deranged uh psychic pig noises that i made as i clutched my head and uh forced someone through a wall teleported them through a wall but not their feces was <laughs> art if again way to go john pat myself on the back uh but the game just allowed for so much fun and so much like over the topness uh and and i thought really nailed the like mix of um grim dark but also silly that yeah. I think makes Mark Borg so much fun. Redarkulous. Uh, you you are one of the biggest proponents of the cross stitch I know. Could you tell us a little bit about that nominee? You are on mute. Ian is on mute. Not Ian's John. on <laughs> mute. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wait, oh, oh, almost. <laughs> yeah, there hey, you go. I have a cat in my lap. My cat. I've learned that he has been learning how to press buttons on more things, which is frightening. <laughs> he has recently learned how to turn on and off a space heater, which I'm like, is going to lead to the death of me. So if you ever learned that I've died in a mysterious fire, it wasn't for insurance purposes. It was my cats. Uh, so that's fantastic. So what makes the cross stitch unique for people who haven't seen the episode, um, 
well, there's spoilers, so plug your ears the next, if you, as long as you see my mouth hole running, uh, uh, it involves time travel, which is a trope that is usually very ham-fisted, corny, or just thin and terrible, but it executes it in a folk punk horror way with mechanics that back it up. So it's also a reason why it gets nominated for mechanics as well later down the road. Not um, just uh, time travel, but a time loop. Exactly as, as the mechanism I, of the game. Which thank you for, for specifying that. So, if you were to actually have time to play the game to its fullest, it executes that time loop where it lets you know from a GM perspective where people are and the events that happen with a convenient table for each of those areas. So you can actually run that, and you don't have to worry about logical, uh, you know, logic contradictions or things that your players do because it's laid out in a very easy to use consistent format and i was really blown away by the uh, the depth in that module so especially too it handles how much do your players mess up normally there's kind of a binary win lose with modules this kind of lets you know here are the different permutations of how things go badly and it actually predicts how players mess up so it was really cool, but there are tons of great Morkborg games that we played across the Morkborg family, and it was very hard to pick a winner, but that one did mechanic very well and had a great mood, great playlist on Spotify, so I highly recommend you checking that out. So, with that in mind, the winner of Best Morkborg Game Played This Year is... Orkborg! <laughs> Orkborg uh, wins, and it wins for a slew of reasons. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, the book is ultra teeny, which which gives it a really nice feel. Uh, Graphics where and layout are incredible. There, Roland Coons, who did the the graphic design for this game, uh, is incredible. Grant Howitt, who did the writing uh, mm -hmm. and design, did such a good job where um it really nails the 40k yes sir uh roland coons while we're on the subject tweeted the best 40k tweet i've read in like a year uh in which he said petition to rename dark tide ogre watch <laughs> <laughs> so, um, props on that roland. the yeah. the game hits that 40k feel while still being obviously a Mork Borg game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's really masterfully done. And uh, honorable mention, by the way, to Bozer, uh, which, holy, like, I I was, like, in the green room when we were discussing this, I was ready to throw fists over, over <laughs> Bozer because that game, like, it was so much fun. And we did, we ate... Charles and I just ate our way through the adventure. It was a delight. Hairball uh, after hairball, yeah. Hairball and then after teeth. afterward, I could like cure people's poison. It was pretty cool. Uh, a, yeah. A fun, th a fun thing worth mentioning about Orkborg is that unlike a lot of other pocket settings or very small settings, it doesn't ham fist you into a. You can only run things that are compatible. The last page in the book actually tells you to kit bash anything mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. even things that aren't more work so the utility of that 
is very smart because it gets very light. This is how you hand wave GM magic these technological issues if yep. you bring in something that's medieval fantasy or even just whatever it is. So that's yep. very smart to have system sustainability. Yeah, uh, yeah, it really does an amazing job and and the guys are brilliant uh so congratulations uh orkborg mm-hmm. uh for best Morkborg game played this year the next uh category is best mechanics now this one was an interesting uh discussion because i initially wanted to leave it all in the hands of ian and go take a nap. I was really tuckered <laughs> out after fighting for Morkborg stuff for a while. And uh, eating a bunch of tacos, let's be but, honest. Okay, yeah, I ate a bunch of tacos, and then I cried when they didn't nominate Morkabeans, uh, the <laughs> game. <laughs> so I had to take a nap. Uh, however, um, we had to look at it from both directions, right? We had to look at it from the GM perspective and from player perspective. Um, because sometimes the game can be really good for one and kind of suck for the other. Exactly. And you really, a great game will have synergy between mm-hmm. both groups. Mm-hmm. So the nominees for best game mechanically are the cross stitch, three die six, and CU Space Cowboy. Let's talk about the mechanics in each that brought them to the table. Absolutely. Um, Ian mentioned sure. the time loop in the cross stitch, and mm-hmm. I caught on to that uh, because I was a cheater, cheater, um, pumpkin, eater, eat pumpkin, and uh, I, I read ahead in the book beforehand. So, like, uh, but but if I hadn't, um, the recurring, like, crow, uh, what do you want to call them, like, mundane mm-hmm. occurrences that cue players off, like, a little bit at a time about what they're in for. I think is a, like a really cool way to like unspool the story a little bit at a time. I also yeah. think that uh, uh, hearing that they have a table in there for time and place and occurrence is mm-hmm. a brilliant it, use of space and design. So and it's done at time units, so you know it's if yeah, Jimmy yeah. some galaxy brain shit. Like you're keeping yeah. track of every event in a fictional environment. Like that was masterful game yeah. game design. I, for sure. I would love to run it again um, and just see how differently play, especially having enough time to do. Because you're supposed to do so many. You could explore loops. it, yeah. Um, and yeah, because there were so many locations, there's no way in our short time that you could have explored all the areas so you can see the things. Because imagining like when we did our live play, a you know the building was torn down. You know, one of those two like the building where the twins were. You could be across the town and see that from a distance and just that's great so um <clears throat> then we have three die six lots uh, of fun now let me let me like full disclosure i backed this game <laughs> way back when and i like i like pushed ian against a wall and threatened him hard. If he didn't play this like and i then. had been I lobbied been, hard and rough. Yeah. I had been yelling about wanting to play this. And like Ian would be like, Well, I haven't gotten in touch with the creator. I'm like, I don't fucking care. We're playing this 
but I brought you onto this cast and I can take you out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was red in the face and he put it on the calendar and we got geared up and then I fucking got COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, and I was that was before you know, Patch you know why you got COVID, John? Because anger is bad for your immune system. I will it's not for your, your liver. <laughs> wow. Um wow. This was before Patchkey was uh uh handling the back end of stuff. So yeah. I like crawled to my computer, like <laughs> like opened an eye watching my friend set up to play the game I desperately wanted to play without me. Hit the hit the play button, and then I crawled onto the couch, fell over, and like cried myself to sleep. I have no idea how this game went. <laughs> it was fun. Um, so three dice six is a multi self system, I guess, for lack of a better term. And I thought that was really cool. Um, both because of how it, you know, made the game handle, and because of uh like my uh hobby of of reading psychology books and how i've been building this theory in my brain that like we all don't have what single self or or like you know anyway it was really cool and also multitudes. uh yeah yeah we are vast we contain multitudes exactly and from a from a gm perspective the enemies in 3 die 6 are kind of built on an ai system where they will respond to the player's actions based mm -hmm. on how much hp they have left um and they have like set things that they can do in response uh where you roll and it's like okay well they have this much hp left and i rolled this so the monster does this this turn mm -hmm. uh which is really interesting and i think really plays into that like animals and insects acting on instinct uh really cool design and uh while I was very sad to not be able to play, it's it's a joy that we got to bring it to y'all to experience. And see you, Space Cowboy guys, where we where so, we get our uh, our get prize it? winning catchphrase. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it, it's interesting because kind of going back to the introduction for this, if I were to have my like top three mechanical games, I think it would be vastly different than if it was to be asked from the players. So I think what makes Sea Space Cowboy kind of like a dark horse in this is that the mechanics are die size based based on you know, how good you are to scale. It's something very easy for people to learn on the especially on the fly, and it's non restrictive for uh, really creating narrative. So I think that's probably and you all can chip in on that. I think that's why this would go mechanics is that it captures the intent of the game where you're playing this anime or space opera not even space opera space punk space space scrapping um <laughs> and it does it very very succinctly very neatly based kind of on flavors of actions and he signed a different size die to it and it's fun mechanics of all these games that we've mentioned here um see you space cowboy was probably the one that i felt that shit i need to run a game tonight grab a book off the table, run and like run to the bus, read the book on the bus and then start playing. Super like uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's casual. Sure. But it's elegant. Mm -hmm. it, it had everything you needed to do to do anything. Like yep. uh, during that game, uh, Patchkey 
stealth against a wall and drew balls on a uh, a piece of graffiti. <laughs> and like a scene later, Charles is destroying NFTs while I'm summoning like uh, a Fuzzy Cooey uh, style <laughs> mecha gun. gun. Yeah, like it was it was super fun, but we got to play with these tropes in ways that felt very organic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So without further ado, the winner of best mechanics is. See you, Space Cowboy. All right. Yes. Congratulations. See you, Space Cowboy. Um, there were a lot of there were a lot of things we had to discuss on mechanics, like, okay, well, what if like I love Troika's uh initiative system. Like, so should one of those games go on here? Um I love this from this system. Should this go on here? But in the end, the like the fluidity, the fluidity. There we go. I know words. The fluidity and the ease at which we were all able to kind of slide into CU Space Cowboy really kind of won at the title. It was a fantastic game. So congratulations, CU Space Cowboy, uh, Mr. Pachi. I realize I went off script. Uh, uh, is best storytelling our next category? Uh, uh, let me. You see. Talking and moving things around. Can you chew bubblegum and walk? We're doing good. We're doing storytelling. Hold on, hold on. Let him move stuff around. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. Did that? Did that? Did that? Yeah. Um. Yes. Yes. Okay. Best storytelling (laughs) is next. In fact, it's on the screen now. Everyone, close your eyes. Imagine the last ten seconds didn't happen. Friends, we are going to next cover a very exciting. Uh, uh, category. Our next category is the best storytelling. Now, this could mean lots of things. Uh, this could mean that the book's lore and world building was stupendous. This could mean that we felt empowered to tell cool stories, mm-hmm. or it could mean that the mechanics of the game uh, lent itself to the creation of cool stories. The nominees for the best storytelling are. Bones Deep, Hell Knight, and Legends of the Lunch Line. Um, man, I could, I could, I could uppercut all three of these as being yeah. incredible. So, um, really, really fun games. So, Bones yeah. Deep, John told me about when it was still on Kickstarter, I think, and he was like, "Yeah, there's this game where." You know, it it starts when your dead body hits the ocean floor and it doesn't rot. It hatches into a skeleton and then your skeleton strolls across the ocean floor. And I was like, I must immediately play this game. Like, I think I actually interrupted you to say that. Like, it's got everything I love. Um, mm-hmm. The ocean depths, uh, bony skeletons, like uh, a way to tattoo your skeleton bones, which is Yeah, just you can awesome. scrimshaw for magic. Yeah. Uh, oh. Great. But from a storytelling perspective, one of the key mechanics of Bones Deep is that the skeletons are able to absorb memories Mm -hmm. and like into themselves. And so one of the ways you experience the world is through the story's past. And that came into play during our session where I showed a floundering romance uh, from centuries past on this ship in order to give you the code to open a door. Um, And it was really 
like that was all improv right but the mechanics of the game and the setting of the game allowed those stories to be told in an amazing way and that's that's why they have been nominated hell knight's brutal bro (laughs) hell knight uh definitely gets the uh satanist seal of approval from me um it was uh yeah like storytelling wise it's another one of those um kind of chopped and screwed like best of the 80s and 90s like metal culture um that that just created for me like a, a very atmospheric uh sort of experience And, uh, yeah, I completely agree that the atmosphere and the, um, again, the gonzo storytelling, Mm -hmm. uh, really was incredible. Legends of the Lunch Line, uh, this is a (laughs) one-pager. The lore is probably four sentences deep. Um, so everything, everything else was brought to you by us, but... That said, I don't know that I've had more fun yeah. telling a story and embodying a character as I had last week. So I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know, so many of us go through the the like U.S. public school system and eat innumerable like like thousands uh if not tens of thousands of these like you know delicious meals made by hair netted workers that we like come to know and sometimes be quite fond of and like legends of the lunchtime was just, it, it picked up a cue that like all of us kind of knew without knowing we knew it um which is like you know lunch lady as hero lunch serving personnel as hero and that's it's just such like, a natural fit. It, it is. Yeah. And it just sparked immediately in my brain like five or six different like directions we could have gone with it. It was really mm-hmm. fun. It, it felt amazing. And it was, it, frankly, it was an incredible experience uh, to play. Uh, as all of these games, <laughs> like every one of these games hit on a story level so hard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's even more that we are have, did not get nominated that is painful for us that we didn't yeah. include them we we uh, have lots of discussions of like favorite moments and there are games i'm resisting mentioning now like i like you can mention them after we announce the winner ah, okay honorable mentions uh so for best storytelling the winner is dun, 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 dun. legends of the lunch line yeah the most fun uh, that I've had with canned canned peas and canned carrots and a dog's age. I feel for Plato Radiatory Supreme. <laughs> I know him. I I I wake up in a cold sweat thinking, oh, I have to go make lunch for the kids. <laughs> it, it's so interesting from a GM perspective because there is a less control that you have on a minimalist game like that, and it's so much more prone to improv, and there's always this fear of what if things fall flat or what if there is a beat missing so it's so interesting to hear your reaction to the game and then also in the back of my mind i'm terrified of like is this enough meat that i'm dangling out there to make this go further so sure it's it's so interesting from that the side um congratulations to legends of the lunch line 
Um, and just so I can cut Ian off, honorable mention to constant downpour. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, marvelous atmospheric game based on a Ray Bradbury short story that's quite incredible. Like that one was just really, really great. Yeah, in the mothership system, it was. Oh, uh, stepping back a moment, just in case you weren't aware, Bones Deep was in the Troika system. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to shout out both those systems, mothership and Troika. Troika. Uh, they didn't, uh, we didn't end up having a best like system category, uh, but these were both fantastic systems to play those games in. Ian, go ahead. Tell us, tell us your honorable mention. You know, Grok is one I think that gets an honorable Mm -hmm. mention because there are so many tables for random generation. And all of you had a moment from that playthrough where you talked about being in a two-dimensional world, creating a 3D object and making Mm -hmm. a black hole. Like that's something that can't really be replicated in other games or at least not in that same way i bought so Gro- i ordered grok while we were still recording i bought I mean, it immediately dollar pdf and then the print on demand or, or other versions is also very affordable They're very great affordable. content it's like that like into the odd having those tables where you can do spontaneous world generation great for the game rip mm-hmm. it put it in something else um, but those tables came together very well for grok and i was always excited whenever i rolled on something what would come of that so definitely i'd say that's an honorable mention for sure so our next category is best game experience now it's worth mentioning this is not uh the same as the best overall game uh mm-hmm. this game this this category is for the one where the three of us the three players uh like cut the camera and just started high-fiving each other over and over again like while screaming hell yeah brother this uh, is very very much a player centric like very yeah like, yeah like we all like hair just spontaneously sprouted through mm-hmm. our clothes and and i grew one breast uh yeah these are the games that were just so much fun that like we didn't know what to do with ourselves so um the nominees are See you, Space Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Cocaine and Alligators. Mm-hmm. And Legends of the Lunch Line. Also, so uh, I'm gonna now, I'm gonna tee off on Cocaine and Alligators oh, please, please, right uh, out of the gate. Before you do, was that a Troika game as well? It was. Okay. Yeah. And when you say please. tee off on an alligator, I'm fully imagining Bernard that you are like putting like a tee on an alligator and getting ready to just tee off of it. So yeah. I straight up followed an account just the other day that's like nothing but photos of alligators like crawling on yes. the people stuff. I love it. Um, I love it. Yeah, so uh, obviously based on the title, you know that this game is Florida-centric. And um, I have a lot of family connections to the great state of Florida. And uh, like in terms of bonkers shit that we got to do um, in a game, I think that that was, in, that was maybe the most gonzo we've gone. Like, uh, I don't know. There were some other contenders, but... Um, I did get to uh, satanically animate the Hall of Presidents at Disney that World. That was a highlight for sure. And, and send the presidents into battle on my behalf. So, and if you that were satanic like something, senator. Yeah, if that sounds like something you want to do, <laughs> then perhaps consider cocaine and alligators. I want to well, point out that I have played a um, an extreme youth minister orc. Mm-hmm. I have played <laughs> two goblin chefs yep one sociopathic one uh uh 
What if the opposite is completely empathetic to yeah. children? And I've also played a psychic pigman. Yeah. Um, playing... or, or one that thinks he's psychic or might be psychic, but not in the way he thinks. It was unclear. Yeah, it was very, yeah, unclear to me and also everyone else. Um, playing an alligator wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Because it was very, like, I, I gave my alligator a, like, big, a heavy, like, Cajun accent, if I remember correctly. <laughs> However, it was very important that players know I was not playing a humanoid crocodile man. I was playing yeah. an alligator wearing sunglasses. So very often during gameplay, I would just stop and go... Yeah. <laughs> I need to rewatch I that. I think a good half the game, you were just laying on a rock, yeah. taking a nap. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm sunbathing. I'm basking. What, are, what, um, what the fuck you doing? It it should be worth mentioning that Jeremy um, Chaldry, who, who is the author of the book, is also still working on a, a sequel that will be coming oh, out in the beautiful, future as well. Beautiful. Um... And so we we talked about we talked about the other two games already. Um, CU Space Cowboy, where we we got to really play with the tropes of anime and pop culture and space punk uh, in really like delightful ways. Xylophone. And yeah. Legends of the Lunch Line, where we just like I don't know what happened, but we all kind of just like fell into this pace of like completely holistic. Well, yeah. we we all have this shared experience of going to to public school or an equivalent where you you ate school lunch so mm -hmm. yeah. it, it equally i think hit everyone's nostalgia buttons yeah. and you yeah. you just no matter what you could relate to it except for me and the texas straw hat guys real quick, real quick, we did guys. get to discuss regional school cuisine hey guys square pizza yeah, amazing. Yes. 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 I got to go get Totino's right now. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, best game experience, and the winner is I can't think of a song. Cocaine and alligators. Booyah. Yeah, yes. This, the character classes alone in that game are worth the price of admission. Satanic senator. Alligator with sunglasses. Like, amazing. Troika does an amazing job. Just like, you want to play a thing? All right, play a thing. Yeah. Uh, right. And yeah. Yeah, Cocaine yeah. and Alligators said, oh, you're going to let me do that? Yeah. Cool, so let's, let's fucking go. Yeah. Building on what you're saying, John, something I think is unique about Troika is that there's a lot of concern with a lot of games, especially ones that have more mechanics and guts under the chassis, with balance. And that's not really a concern with Troika. And what I think is wonderful about it is that characters are not equally balanced with one another because, A, you can't predict chaos, and it doesn't matter if something's more powerful than another because ultimately it's going to be balanced out by player chaos in the end. So do what's fun. It's 100% rule of cool with just enough guts to make it function mechanically so no no gm strategy survives exactly with I, the I, players I, yeah I rem I, it was actually troika that, that pulled me from the, the the kind of um title pool of like modern D, D iterations like it finally broke me from that realizing like that's not where i'm most happy troika there was a supplement that was um like axis and orcs volume two i, I don't hold me on the name of that 
but it was a compendium of various odd classes. And reading that you could play as like a 1980s Ford pickup truck yeah. or like <laughs> yeah. 3.2 pounds of nervous pudding, that was liberating <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, this would be fun. And there yeah. are enough mechanics where you can make this work. And it, it yeah. self-balances. So uh, if you've never played Troika, definitely pick it up. Yeah. Uh, look I'm, at all the community I would like content. to mention a uh I'd like to mention an honorable mention here. Uh I fought for this game to get on uh the nominees, but uh Solitaire doesn't count, John. There so there were so many great games that it would just like at the end. Uh don't lose your head. That which was is fun. the yeah. OSE uh, Adventure uh, from Old School and Cool Volume 3 from Night Owl Publishing But um, the, the whole concept of it Was that you got to play like It's like okay what if you just want to play like ultra powerful High level characters And yet which, ironically was that our first TPK as, No it was not yet? I oh, did God. not die Oh that's right but, Yeah, But we fast forwarded You didn't prevent the apocalypse So you basically sat in your little monastic towers You saw the apocalypse saying and then that's when camera faded to black so well, that's what i would do technical tpk but yeah. all players killed but one um that I was uh, big so, sword mama yeah so i'm on tiktok and i don't know why but i got like sucked into muscle, <laughs> muscle mama tiktok for a while muscle mama. For, like, every every other video I'd, I'd scroll and there'd be like okay. a fitness lady and it'd be it's like so I don't know what's happening. It is perfectly normal and fine to have a fetish, John. There's no 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 judgment here. Having worked in sex research and yeah. all of that, like, yeah, it's all good as long as you uh, do no harm. Um, so, so it, like, but but mostly what it was was people stitching those women, <laughs> and, and like, and so like as soon as as soon as this like big muscular giant woman came on the set of this game, I was like. This character has a fetish, and I am exploring it. <laughs> <laughs> the character has a fetish, right, yeah, John? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I will say, as, as a quick aside with that, as far as our upcoming season, we are going to play another game from uh, Asma Kerp and Wynn um, uh, Vlathmar and uh, everyone else from their studio. It, Aquatic Adventures was a Kickstarter that came out earlier this year for OSC, expanding it, it to yeah. that. We're going to be playing that, and so that is going to be slotted in our upcoming season if you will like will there. there be a muscle mommy in it i promise you nothing but uh i will see what i can uh Thank what you. i can do for you i need to, i need to explore another character's <laughs> how about how about the snorks what do they do for you john <laughs> also how, how muscular are they <laughs> also I, I i love the fact that onslaught six uh was the uh, the lead author on sea space cowboy said in the chat we didn't win, but we lost to a game called Cocaine and Alligators, so I can't be mad. And I think <laughs> like, that's the great spirit to have. Yeah, um, the, the, we have one more. We have two more categories to go, actually. But here's the thing, man: we played over forty games this year, and we left a lot of games on the cutting room floor that we didn't yeah. even get to. Yeah, uh, there are so many cool games, and all of you legitimately all of you are doing such cool shit yeah um, and and, anyway. and it could be said you're still a winner because our catchphrase our most lasting catchphrase came from the Ray game Adams. that gets the most also produced. also they did win best mechanics so like yeah also, <laughs> well, yeah. they got nominated it, yeah. the most times out of, they did yeah uh, so 
we have one. I said we had two more categories. Mm-hmm. Uh. So this is the big guys. All of these awards are the big one. Uh, it's the that's something, one. That's something that uh, uh, I picked up at another award show where they went through all the awards for a novella and short story and anthology and collection and said, okay, this is the big one, best novel. And I was like, doesn't that just kind of tell everyone else they suck at? Like, no, Maybe all they were of these talking awards about are, this is all the of these one. are heartfelt and kind of a big deal, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, this next category, the best game. Winner the covenant of the golden, golden tentacle, tentacle yes which which actually used to be the name of a signature bedroom move of mine but now i have gifted it unto this show to, uh, uh the golden wandy the golden tentacle um <laughs> this these games pulled everything together the best these are the ones that had incredible mechanics. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that uh, the three of us as players had a blast. It's They're the ones where we got to tell cool stories while we were doing it. Um, Flavors these, were balanced. These Good are the games deal. that the four of us finished playing and thought, man, I kind of wish we could just do a campaign of this. Yeah. Um, these are... These are these are the best games of 2022. Uh, again, uh, we we put four nominees in this because we couldn't bear to cut any others, but we honestly could have probably had ten. Yeah, uh, easily. This, yeah, this this was a very very painful uh, category for us to kind of try to figure out. So, without further ado, the nominees for the best game of 2022 are. Dungeon Plumbers, Pork in the Void, CU Space Cowboy, and The Abhorrent Six. Now, I don't think we need to talk any more about CU Space Cowboy. Uh, they've been nominated three times, three other times. Um, Their ego so, is just going to be this like this yeah, it's going to be a massive and it should be. Dogs. It's a kick-ass game, but anyway, yeah. yeah. yeah but um, we've told you why. That's an incredible game. Um, the only real mention we've made of uh, Abhorrent Six was Loose and Bossy Cox, which I feel yeah. is a disservice to that game. Um, if you, you didn't fight for them to be nominated across a few of these categories, yeah. Uh, if you like um, westerns, and if you liked in particular one western, uh, namely Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight, this game is for you because it's mm-hmm. that with more and by more i won't spoil anything but i mean a lot more so um it is an amazing game it really kind of captures the feel of being snowbound in the west which is where i live i live about two and a half hours from where they filmed um hateful eight so you know uh it snows a lot here in fact as we speak i think it's still snowing we got a shit ton of it today but yeah great game um Go on. And I'll, I'll second that too, just saying that it was hard for me. I tried to, uh, I, I tried to abstain myself from voting in certain situations because I had an affiliation. So on this one, I did the editing. So I, I tried to recuse myself, but thinking about games that gave lasting experience, uh, you know, even as, as a GM thinking about it, the, gameplay was very cinematic so i kind of have that movie in my head and there are mm-hmm. these moments and you can in my mind i think about how the camera moved and 
the, the vignettes and the sets and the things that happened in that was a really phenomenal experience. So even, I mean, I wasn't trying to vote for it because I was involved in the editorial work, but it just left a very lasting impression and nothing was really spoiled as a GM having seen how the sausage was made. It was just very organic and a lot of fun. Absolutely. Nothing so, like a talking potato. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pork in the Void, we've talked about a bit. Um, it's Again, it's a game that, like, I think like some of my best character work uh, was during Pork in the Void. Uh, we had incredible moments of uh, of like like, like, like I, that's the one where he teleported a bomb inside a monster, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I jokingly referred to it as um, pigs in grimdark, uh, <laughs> which is kind of what it is, and. Um, I loved it. Like I don't know what like is going on with the trend in pigmen lately, but I'm rolling with it. I'm like, here for it. Yeah, there are pigmen in Darkest Dungeon. There were you know pigmen in that. There, I love it. Yeah, uh, I have a trend of ruining Charles's life by showing him cool <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, it's true. All of which yeah. has pigmen, coincidentally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big muscle mamas or it's pigmen. Yeah. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah, I don't have to choose. <laughs> and I, I regret to inform you that uh, Aquatic Adventures will not have snorks nor muscle mommies, but Aww. it may be considered in the future for a, a DCC uh, adventure. So, so uh, help me out. Hey, look, look, I'm on my hands and knees. I'm begging you. I got to get it somewhere. Okay. Uh, Port of the Void is also where I, I decided that uh, I didn't I didn't care to hear Ian's big bad guy uh, monologue. I was chewing that up and you're like, I kill him. And I'm like, wait, but, but yeah, no, I, I kill I, everything. I kill everything. And I'm like, John, I, I hate you. I think that like, <laughs> if, you looked at our, if you looked at our CVs as human beings, like you would think that I would be the biggest like anarchist on the show. The one who like fucks with the GM the most, but John by far is just like, a pain in the ass to like to, to GM. Like he's he's a lovely man, but, but uh have I like, ever sorry, good. I was just gonna say, like, I've never heard girls. someone try to I've never heard someone try to negotiate a role before I played with John. It's like, you know, let's say I rolled a nine. No, let's say I rolled a ten. Like, well, I don't know, John. What did you roll? Well, like Have if I... you can define role, yeah. no. yeah. uh, depends I, what the definition of is is. I yeah. love telling stories. I love telling stories, uh, and part of my process is being an element of pure chaos. I love it. That's yeah. true. So. Uh, but have I ever, as a GM, ever flat out told you no to something? <laughs> I no. don't think you have. No. So. No. Which, much which to your detriment. That you, you, yeah, exactly. You need to establish boundaries with us. We're, uh, we're not it well is way I, too late to try to establish potentially drinking on this show. Is <laughs> tolerate you, schmucks. <laughs> last but not least, uh, the last nominee we need to talk about is Dungeon Plumbers. So fun. Mm. Wow. I was a, I was an ex, I was a not an extremely sexual non-binary mushroom elf mage. 
I think that was the that might have been one of the first times that Pashki made me lose control of myself laughing. Like that I had to I had to go off camera for a minute because of his his Waluigi. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I what he what he unjointed himself to to go through the pipe. Through the pipe. That's <laughs> what you do. I love, I love the fact that like there, there's so much joy at, when you're a GM and there's like a player doing something like horrendously bad and you're just like, there's nothing you can do to stop the player and you're like looking at the stat block of the thing they're just like uglies with and it's like basically completely invulnerable and you have Pashki basically going up and poking like a displacer yeah. beast with a toothpick and a pipe and it's like nah this is not this is not I believe, going. I believe shortly after that I used my power of hypnosis on Charles to convince him he could in fact fit in there yeah I think so yes. While I read erotic uh, poetry at like belting it out over the sewers, um, so so that's from a play like that's what we played, right? From a like, what is this book for GMs? This book is a like, hey, what if I want to play diesel punk in OSE? Mm -hmm. And, um, it's a really, really well done book. Um, I got it. I don't have the OSC books, but I read it from cover to cover. Everything's super easy to understand, beautifully laid out. The art looks great, and um, it feels good. It feels really good. And the uh, the random tables for building adventures and the and the baked in setting are all fantastic uh, mm -hmm. for Dungeon Palmers. Like, I mean. I mean, uh, Tudor the Snooter. It's a great, great yes. product. Wayne is fantastic. Uh, is. Wayne Roberts is a amazing game designer, and I've learned a lot from him. And I make out with him any day of the week. I mean, it, it is impressive just how he makes everything very airtight, so everything is succinct and functional. And it was it was impressive looking at at that from like a GM perspective from all the utility, the extra expansions that were built onto OSE to make it unique, but yet no bloat. And then the very succinct adventures in the back. There's a lot crammed in those books. Yeah, yeah. And so having been worked on like some of his other projects where I'm a, a guest writer and editor for uh, Worldbreaker and Dark Hearts Zyrtos, fantastic stuff. And we'll actually be in our next season playing uh, Pan, His Majesty in Yellow, which you know charles bernard you had reviewed so that'll yeah. be another uh, experience in the osd world with wayne roberts creations A real quick shout out um porkin in the void um it's right just take a step back void, i just want to yeah. we haven't talked a lot about the art except for Simone Simone incredible Tumbetta, who is yeah. i don't know like if you follow my stuff at yeah. all you know simone tometa does any a of our ton stuff, of yeah. art Yep, for uh, Manus Heart Press, mm -hmm. me personally, and for Manus Heart Games. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Harmon, who is the uh, Yogdu Games, uh, mm -hmm. who did a bunch of the art for Pork in the Void because it's Yogdu Games product. Exactly. Uh, hey, Charles, did you know he did a bunch of the old GURPS and Innominate covers? No shit. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my the old devil, you. The old like, devil. Yeah. And his stuff's fucking sick. It's incredible so uh michael Harmon and simone tometa like incredible artists and uh i personally got the like 
fucking hardcover collector's edition of uh pork in the void on kickstarter so i'm super excited to get that um i guess that those are the nominees um without further ado the envelope um, please the winner for the best game of 2020 the golden wandy 2022 2022 god damn i'm old um here's johnny we're all old oh, here. Johnny boy, the pipes. Okay, the winner is calling you. Dungeon Plumbers. Yeah. Wow. Dungeon wow. Plumbers. Congratulations. Um again, like it's been so fucking hard to pick who's yeah. going to win, but each of these winners deserves that win. Yeah. Um man, it uh, we again we scrapped over this yeah. we 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 wanted it to be a group decision um that was very heartfelt we didn't want one person to uh kind of steamroll the others as i'm doing verbally tonight um or feel left out as past key yeah. that is i am thoroughly distracted with moving things around because the way oh, i set this good. up I'm trying to cover yeah. for you buddy did not work <laughs> i mean this gives us some opportunities if there's any other honorable mentions or favorite gaming moments to discuss yeah. as well well i actually um, wanted to say just a brief word about um our format and like what makes this award different perhaps than other ones is like um like John has said, you know, we played 41 freaking games this year. One a week, you know, we don't do full-length campaigns. And so um, we take something out of the box and play with it and see if we can break it every week. Me? And uh, I think that that, <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely is, is where our, you know, uh, America's test table where we don't, you know, play test games, we stress test them comes from. is like yeah. we have exactly two hours to see how badly – we we can you know either like take a game and just like take off in it like a lamborghini or just smash into a tree like but either way how much fun we can all have yeah exactly yeah and that's and that's like at the end of this that's how we looked at these things is Mm -hmm. how much fun did we all have in these Mm -hmm. various categories because Charles is right. We play these games for two hours. Well, <clears throat> let me rephrase this. You see us play these two games for two hours. Mm-hmm. Charles goes through all the rule books looking for art for promo and does a bit of reading. Uh, Ian plans these adventures for hours every week that we then completely ignore um, <clears throat> as I negotiate my roles. <laughs> and then if I can get my hands on a physical book, I Charles will be the first person to tell you I read rule books like they're novels. I read them cover to cover for fun. Yep. So in between the four of us, we've got probably nearly a hundred years of TTRPG playing yeah. and reading. Yeah. Basically, just, uh, yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Two of us do this professionally like two of us are designers writers and game editors uh charles is going to be working with me on some stuff this coming year to get Mm -hmm. into those shoes himself but he's a professional writer who's been playing D &D since the red box came out yep and and patchkey is no slouch like he's the only one here who sword fights he Mm -hmm. loves this shit yeah like 
He'll actually uh, kick your words. ass. Yeah, John's yeah. all words about mm-hmm. punching through walls, but if anyone's going to like really kick some ass, it's Tashi will have a skewer. He'll kick your ass. He'll cleave your ass in twice. He'll give I you an ass big ass. game, but I once dislocated my shoulder pooping, so like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, like, I haven't seen like, that a poultry guy. shoulder's a weird one. Like, I could see hip or something, but... I have a little poop closet, so I was like ripping the sides. <laughs> um... <laughs> in my defense i both had norovirus and the new magazine of bustle mommy uh, so it was, a, it was uh, an exciting a afternoon for me man. yeah for sure um See, I, you know, I'm, I'm full of like other types of great stories about things that didn't make our list, but are like memorable moments. Do we have like an opportunity to go into those, or should yeah, we start let's, talking let's, our so next we season? Have, we have our whole no. Let's we go. We have a while. Let's, well, we don't have a while. We have, but um, some of the items we didn't talk about. Uh, we didn't talk about uh, the first game I DM'd. Uh, yeah, the real thing, which is powered yeah. by the apocalypse, and which is a faith no more like officially mm-hmm. authorized right. TTRPG. I'm in Minneapolis, Indiana, where I hail from, and and that one was fun because that's where I got to play Babyface Gertrude, one of my yes. all-time favorite uh, yeah. characters that I inhabited. Yeah. Who, and um, I, I, man, I that that old lady just fucked the hell out of John Dillinger. Exactly, and I I am <laughs> not like a big on being a player and. You, you on your character said that you broke a Werther's in half, and like I thought that was an impossible feat. After talking about it afterwards, you all said, "Yeah, you could break a Werther's in half," but like to yeah. me, I think about them like being in my grandmother's. It was an almond-shaped candy dish, um, <laughs> like literally with the nut lid and everything, and they were always rock hard. So like I thought like your character was like secretly possessed with like a demon. So the entire <laughs> game, I'm like, "Holy shit!" This old lady is out there like breaking. Bricks, breaking more than you have. Yeah, um, in anime style, she does which, this, and then a second is, later, it falls. Which is why I suck as a player and was, just can just do the so GM was that things. candy dish of your grandma's like the kind where you'd like pick up one piece and all of them would come up out of the tray. No, no, <laughs> they would be one fresh because piece. the grandkids would eat them. Oh, um, yeah, it was yeah. sad because I always wanted that dish what after they passed. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't get it, and I, I I learned just recently the origin of that dish. It was a high school gift from my uncle, who's now like in the 70s, got for his mom. And so, yeah, it was just kind of like a weird high school, like cheap Christmas present that just lasted, like the almond candy dish. Yeah. Before we go any further, and we do have a few more games you need to talk about, uh, a yes. retrospective. Uh, I want to mention, if you want us to play your game, if you want a chance mm-hmm. at the coveted Wandy uh, next December uh you can reach us by emailing oh we'll give you uh, a mr ops at gmail.com thank you one ops at gmail.com if you would like mr bernard to review your game mm-hmm. well you can just send him a pdf you can get in touch with him uh you can do ops.com as well Twitter. and i'll get it to you if you want me to review your game i review physical products so if you're proud of that um mm-hmm. you can get in touch with one ops at gmail.com uh i'm happy to do a uh print order code i may have already bought your game because i buy a lot of games so yep. don't hesitate to reach out to ian uh through the one mon ops and ask us to review it or if he wants to play it reach out to us that way uh 
us playing it on the show is the only way to get nominated for a Wandy. So uh, do keep that in mind. And uh, as a quick aside, it's also worth mentioning a big thank you to Free League Games, who also provided mm. us a lot of games that we are working into our season from 2022 to 2023. Um, they also lovingly sent us some physical copies of books, so we also yeah. recognize their generosity. Yes. Plus, also and they're killing it in terms of, oh, yeah. of their product line, their adaptations, stuff that's coming up. I read a review of the new Blade Runner TTRPG that makes me want to play it real hard. So yeah. We had several games this year that we played on air that we couldn't include because we worked on them and mm. we didn't. We felt that it was a little too nepotismal conflict uh, of interest. Yeah. yeah. Right. So those games include Morkabians 1.1, which mm -hmm. I wrote. Uh, it includes Sundered Sundries Almost Bow, uh, mm -hmm. which we are a uh, a Kickstarter uh what stretch do you call it yeah, thank you mm -hmm. um it includes uh godless league adventures mm -hmm. which ian and i co-wrote uh and we did a play test with the wonderful christine morgan mm -hmm. uh, and it also includes uh Svamp from from bleak games which i uh did some writing and editing on uh so th those games were incredible they were lots of fun oh and trapped within which ian worked on yeah. uh, all those games are things that we worked on, and as much as we loved them, we felt it would be a little incestuous. To... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, um, I, like, as long as you're not a kid born, it's all good. But, um, so do I. Now, can I get to the the nomination, the the no. unofficial? Oh, okay, I'm cutting me off. No, no, we're talking. Oh, yes, we can we can talk about our. They're not nominations. We can talk about our honorable mentions. Yeah, but, these are these are games that we. It was so hard to narrow down. Um, we yeah. wanted to throw some shouts out there to people who might not have, you know, officially made it onto our lists, but we still felt deserved special mention. And Ian, I'll let you take it away. From you here. know, no, the one was I was going to mention too when we talked about game experience would have been Neon Lords of the Toxic Wasteland. Yes, because yeah. that is a loving tribute to all things nostalgic of my childhood. Yes, yeah, um, to the the book layout, to design, to the character classes. And thinking about the character, just the gameplay that we had, you guys got into like the, the third room and you just fucked everything up. And that was one of the <laughs> few games where you fucked up so badly that you just left and walked out. <laughs> and that was fantastic. Like, I loved it. Like, just everything that could have gone wrong did. And it was just a tail between your takes, just walk out yep. <laughs> and i was like even, even though what the, the module was about so you just died and basically <laughs> that was the first game i died in on show yeah. On was it? yeah 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 uh, i think so yeah yeah <laughs> i want to so, give a shout out to uh mashnishtana yeah yeah um that was uh for for two reasons first uh it 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 was a game where I saw a Jewish game on Kickstarter and I kind of brought it to the guys and said, Hey, this is purely selfish. Uh, could we please have this on? Um, and, and they lovingly said yes. And, and, uh, and I'll let Charles say his part about this. Cause I think it's important to, uh, but well, it's also it's the first game I got smashed during. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It was the first so... time I had a break too. 
Yeah. Manishta is a, uh, a Passover. Is Seder the right word? Yeah, yeah. Name? Um, that also through role playing tells the story of Passover, like the Passover story. And um, as a Satanist, uh, I'm like not necessarily the biggest fan of um, you know God or God based games, but uh, you know I had a really great time with that game. The creators were kind enough to come on and run it. Um, they were really cool people. It was a fun experience, and the improv element of that was um, more fun and allowed more room for sort of like non-traditional stories uh, in that same mold than it might otherwise have done. Well, what's interesting about that game to me, without getting too much into like theology and philosophy, right, is that um, it it felt very correct. It felt very Jewish in terms of it's a Jewish game of Seder, of course, mm -hmm. but um, of like reinterpreting and saying like, okay, but why is this passage problematic? What if these people were queer? What then? Or mm -hmm. what if, the, you know, of not taking things at face value and, and uh, not being afraid to ask questions or uh, subvert. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I thought it was a fantastic game, um, and I was very happy to, happy to be able to run it on stream while drinking a lot of rum. <laughs> yeah, um, high Jewish holidays are always fun because John is uh, on stream getting sloshed. It was what what night of Hanukkah was it where um, you were boisterously singing with your microphone on before? Uh, that would have been exactly one week ago. My one friend. week ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was night number four, and yeah. that was some funny shit. I, I, I very, and the amazing thing was that he sobered up and died for the show. Yeah, was that weird. was the weirdest thing. I, yeah. I was scared. I actually had, I had to have an assignment. <laughs> like, he was a little nervous. Was yeah. Everything okay? You just got more sober than I expected. I'm like, you're probably more sober than I am. Like, what, what's going on? Uh, so I have a second liver that I just <laughs> forced all the liquor into, and I just held it there and I, like drip fed it into my my weaker my weaker human liver. Only during one the of us has redundant John, organs. John has Astarte's anatomy is yeah. how that shit happens. It takes some of that um, fuel oil stuff that the Iron <laughs> Warriors brew to get him like really drunk. Yeah, yeah. Um. Other, what about you, Mr. Paschke? Um, since you've been running this behind the scenes, now having opportunity to uh, uh, reflect on your right years, here. are there things that you would like to mention? Favorite games, favorite moments, or favorite characters you've played this year? Oh man, it, uh, I, I think back with you when you played through Runa's Power of Power Palace of Metagorgos when you had destroyed your back, you were on pain covers, but you would not oh, get yeah. a stub. And you played through that, and none of us knew what agony you were on, and that you were driven balls yeah. on pain pills. Fantastic. Anyways, that yeah. was the quickest I had saying Paschke is unsung hero here. I mean, I think we've like almost all my, my favorite moments we've talked about already. Uh, or at least you guys mostly did. <laughs> or I mentioned earlier the 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 other game codex martialis yes thank you thank you um honestly it's a curveball here it's not even one related i was at a convention called GeeklyCon, and there i got to play a game called crokinole and it's a canadian board game where you flick little buttons across the board and it's 
the concept behind it is really easy to learn but gosh darn it did i spend like probably like 30 hours playing that over a weekend just come on get there that's get in the hole get it i uh i read something about how like the biggest game throughout a bunch of um the middle east and southeast asia is this pakistani game that's very similar it's like flicking little pieces of wood to try and get like basically into a goal but like all the boards are handmade and hand painted. Yeah. And mind, uh, you know, back when I was working with, uh, I was meeting with Roland Coons and Brent Critchfield of Studio Woe on Game Design Weekly. Um, both Brent and Roland were working on Flickr games. Oh, interesting. Uh, at the time. And that was, you know, eight, nine years ago at this point. I just uh, but, remember being in high school and playing football with the little thing you'd fold up and then yeah. flick and try to get a field goal, you know? Nice. Or or Kube, yeah. if anyone's uh, played Kube. Yeah. yeah. That's another great one. I have a final game to mention for the evening uh, as an honorable mention. Uh, it's the other game I ran this year. Cyber Metal 2012. So much fun. Yeah. The book is so beautiful. So, uh, the distant future of 2012. Adam Voss is one of my favorite game designers. Um, uh, everything he does rules, and mm-hmm. uh, I am still like Ian. We have to play Necronautilus. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we can play. So uh, there's a new game coming out called Soul Burner, uh, which is a mix of Necronautilus and Morkborg. We'll get, it on the, we'll get it on the schedule. So, we'll uh, but Cyber Metal 2012 is like cyberpunk, but also Satan punk. And also post-apocalyptic, but also big city like Mega City Judge Dread. Mm-hmm. Um, it just combines everything in this big mosh posh of silliness that yeah. was an absolute blast. And it was so extremely easy to prep uh, because I basically was like, "What's what's seven Halloween themed things I can make them do?" And then <laughs> at the end, I made them fight Ghost Godzilla. So. Yeah. <laughs> The video nasties things is fun. I yeah I uh, I guess I, I I suicide player killed on that. Like you did, uh, yeah. I absolutely insisted that that kaiju devoured me. Um, <laughs> you did, yeah, yeah. Showed him your juicy, juicy ass. I yeah, need, I need to pick me up and ate me. Oh, that's that. the, I forgot to mention that while we were going through our catchphrase thing. That that'll be my final word for the evening. Uh, that. Loose and bossy cocks with the beautiful graphic uh, yep. drawn by Mr. Fashion. Uh, I now I'm I'm willing to commit on camera before uh, Lucifer, the internet, you... and everyone. That is going on my left butt cheek. Um, nice. Loose and bossy cocks. We need so. we need photographic evidence of this. And yes. If you want us to split oh yeah. The cost, Maybe I'll that'll be what cost. finally gets us an NSFW on Twitter. You know, is like my juicy juicy ass. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Definitely, like, um, if I could do it without violating community standards, I will. Um, so we actually, we do have one more category. We do. Um, finally, we'd like to talk about our best fans. Yep. That's right. We we are not just awarding ourselves. We're awarding you. Well, we're awarding one of you. We're judging all of you. So the nominees for our best fans are the people who are watching the stream. That's you on Twitch. 
uh, that are with us right now who can say, yay, we've been nominated in chat. Do it. Do it while I talk. Right now. Uh, our second nominee is the people watching on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That's you if you're watching on YouTube after I've said this. You're in the future. Yep. Tell me, what are the winning lottery numbers? Also, are any of us still alive? You can comment. Oh. You can leave comments that will be there for eternity where those jackasses who are on Twitch can just do chat and then it's lost forever. You are immortal. <laughs> yes. Internet the third, immortality. The third nominee are the people listening to this on audio. Mm -hmm. You don't see our hideous visages. You no. just hear the golden lyricism of our voices. Congratulations our on sparing calls. yourselves the horror. You, you, you can just you can just listen to us while you take a poop. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you can just squeeze one off if one of our voices hits you just right. It's or a while you're at the thing. gym or and, both. And or we also have to give a recognition to the person that's attended the most streams. And mm -hmm. that would be Trachea. That's an honorable mention. We're not talking about him yeah. right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tried, Tim. I tried. You audio listeners can listen to this at the gym while you become muscle mommies. That, do you understand how cool that is? In service of John's dark desires. <laughs> fetish, yeah. Uncle, you can't see the twisted face I have at my delight of this. And the winner is... The people who subscribe. Yep. You can subscribe on Twitch. You can yeah. subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe on audio. You can all be winners. Mail so us congratulations. Shit. You know, any of that. I'll Liking on all of our platforms, if you want something on YouTube, please mm -hmm. hit like, for example. Um, you're probably tired of people saying, hey, smash that like and subscribe button. But geez, it helps to give us more Bezos bucks and give us some more algorithm milk and other things that mm -hmm. are helpful. Algorithm since milk. we don't uh, demand any type of tribute or money from any of you. At some yeah. point, we'll probably make like a coffee or something like that or mm -hmm. Patreon to help support streaming costs. But uh, yeah. hitting those likes and subscribe buttons. Yeah, uh, Charles and I have talked about doing a one-on-one uh, -on -one 40K. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and that might be something we do on Patreon. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because so I can... I could talk for approximately eleven hours with John per day about forty k. Uh, he does. I mean, I'm I just right I'm right there. You he like calls me in the morning, and I put him on. I put him on speaker, <laughs> mute my phone, and yep. just walk around while he talks to me about forty k. Um, so like a servo if... skull. You are my servo skull. Um, if you, um, hope you enjoy this. Look, if, if this is your first time catching the show, welcome, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's for your health. So much. Um, yeah, it's for your health. Get it. Yep. Um, I will link, God help me. I will link the episodes that were nominated and won in the show notes. Um, it may take I mean, me a I minute do to do because that mean, is a lot. Nah, um, I could do it. I did it all earlier. I emailed everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. I, uh, I, if you I don't check all my that, I will. Enough. I, will I can make a list. Notes. Anyway, uh, so you can catch up on and see all these moments that we're we're laughing and and enjoying. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you want to find out more about us, you can go to wanmoncast.com where you can find all of our links, all of our socials. 
You can read up on the three of us, figure out how to contact us. You can find my books. You can find Charles's books. You can find Ian's projects. You can find mm-hmm. Mr. Patchkey's Instagram and see whatever shit he's cooking, which looks delicious. And I'm mad because I was going to cook dinner tonight, but my groceries never got here. So instead I ordered a fucking pizza. <laughs> You're mad because you ordered a pizza? Feel was, something other than I... anger, buddy. There is nothing. I told you, Alpha Omega of anger. I'm like the I am the, the, I am the man of Jesus. I have to eat a delicious pizza. God damn it! <laughs> fucking pizza! I'm so I am, fucking mad I, at this thing. Hot, I delicious. am rage Jesus. Right at my door. Fucking pizza! I'm picturing Jesus with like a rad mohawk. I'm imagining like everything John else like, is the same. Like Tourette's guy, the early internet sketch comic, I and uh, ordering a pizza. <laughs> So, <laughs> you're looking at this thing hard. I mean, this thing, not my dick. <laughs> I love, I love that. Uh, you find it. You can find it all on onemoncast.com. If you're watching this on Twitch, check us out on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, check us out on Twitch. Yeah. And both of you assholes should check us out on whatever service you use to listen to your podcast because we are audio as well although you will miss my rad monster hunter tie and the fact that charles has gone completely nude while yep. recording this yep. both, um, of them. both of them it's a yes. high yes. mind it is yeah. you'll it is never know which one of us has a third nipple he's showing us the territory that that tattoo is going to be planted on That's i don't right. know that he needs yeah. to spread his cheeks quite that far but there you have it i like the view when you hear the wind <laughs> soar over it you get that like low moaning howl like yeah you really need the hemorrhoids to make it reverb. Yeah. Like Friends, the hair bristling in the wind. Yeah. This year has been an absolute bla- painful blast, like a shotgun <laughs> to the face. Um, but we're going to do it again. Uh, we're going to continue making this dumb show. Uh, mm-hmm. and we'll continue working on these, uh, these games. And uh, we love doing it. And we love you all very much. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us on this consensual journey we call Wandering Monster. I am John Baltusberger. I am Charles R. Bernard. Ian Servas. Mr. Paschke. We will be back next year. Yeah. January, I don't know the date. We'll be back January 24th, 2023. Until then, stay safe, stay warm, play some fucking amazing games and as Walter Cronkite would say potato potato <laughs>